What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We've got day two on the subject of the anointing. We're going to dive right in here. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please share on Instagram, uh, Facebook, whatever social media you're using. If you want to connect with us, it's uh, at Ryan Yusta underscore. The last name is J-O-O-S-T-E and at Krista Yusta. Uh, and you can find us there. But on the subject of the anointing, um, the question most people have, you know, you hear people pray, and we talked about this in um, uh, in one of the previous ones when it was talking about uh, faith and, and having all the faith that you need. But you hear people pray, pray prayers like, Lord, increase the anointing on my life. Lord, allow me to, you know, have more anointing. Lord, I want more anointing. Lord, I need more anointing. And, you know, it's good to have a heart cry to want to uh, increase in your impact. Ultimately, if your heart is for souls, you, God sees and hears your prayer, uh, kind of, um, I mean, you could be praying incorrectly, but if you're doing it ignorantly, I believe he still hears you, you know? I'm going to show you an example here in Acts 4 about how they prayed and the way they prayed, and God answered it in a different way than what they prayed. Um, but people say these things, Lord, give me more love, Lord, give me more anointing, when it's really, Lord, I'm, I'm not seeing the fruit of this. I want there to be a greater impact through my life. Uh, but we've learned, we learned in day one that you are anointed, that the anointing is God's, it's not yours. God places it upon your life. And then um, the anointing is for a purpose. You know, the interesting thing, if you look at the old covenant, is everything was anointed with oil, things that were set apart for God's use. So you can see from the Old Testament that God anointed people for service. There was God anointed people and things for service. Going through a couple of scriptures, there'll be things you'll see it says they even anointed the unleavened wafers with oil because it was in use, it was used in the sacrifice. And so the Lord anointed the priests, right? The Lord anointed kings. The uh, Moses took the anointing and anointed the tabernacle and everything that was in and sanctified them. So sanctified means to set apart. The anointing is placed upon your life so that you can be of use to God. I'll say that again. The anointing is placed upon your life so that you can be of use to God. If you have no heart cry and no interest in doing what God has called you to do, if there's not a prayer of your heart, God use me, not my will but yours be done, that prayer of consecration, that's the place where you die to your own desires, that prayer of consecration, and the Lord can anoint you for service. If you have no interest in doing what God has for you, God has for your life, God has no interest in anointing you. There'll be no anointing on your life when you're serving your own plan and your own purpose. Matthew 6.33 is such a key to Christians. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you want more anointing, you busy yourself with giving out the anointing that you have. There'll be no increase in the anointing, as we call it increase, increase in the impact without you being committed to give out what you have. So how do I increase the anointing? It's really increase the anointing that I'm accessing. Because again, the, the Holy Ghost can't get any more anointed. The Holy Spirit himself is living on the inside of you. So the prayer shouldn't be, Lord, increase my anointing, but Lord, let me let me flow in a greater anointing. Let, let me learn how to draw out a greater anointing. So um, what I want you to see here is John chapter 4. Uh, the woman at the well, Jesus is there at the well, and he goes to the woman and he says to her, woman, give me the drink. And she says, hey, you're a 
uh, a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, you're a man, I'm a woman, why are you asking me to to drink? We don't have any dealings with each other. And Jesus said, this is uh, John 4.10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. And the woman says, hey, you don't have anything to draw the water with. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. When you got born again, the Lord made you a well. So say that with me. Say, I'm a well. God made you a well. A well of what? A well of living water, life-giving water. What does that mean? That means that you, as a well of God, are able to bring life, life-giving water to others. As a Christian, you're able to share and preach the gospel, share your faith with others, and have that same water flow out of you by the power of the Holy Ghost, flow out of you to other people. The Bible says in Isaiah 12, 3, "...with joy shall you draw forth water out of the wells of salvation." The Bible then says in John chapter 7, verse 37, so we're talking about the anointing. A few chapters later is the great day of the feast, um, the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus stood up and he said, If any man thirsts, uh, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. What's the difference here? The first one's a well. The second one is not a well, but a river. What's the difference? The difference is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So the first thing to understand by the anointing is the anointing on the inside of you is unlocked by baptism in the Holy Spirit. God's plan for every believer is that when you get born again, that you then, after getting born again, you get endued with power from on high. And that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that's God's next plan for you after salvation. So much so, Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, but go tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Uh, Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power from on high. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Jesus basically said, I know you're born again. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you, but I don't just want you to be born again. I don't want you to be born of the Spirit. Every Christian is born of the Spirit, has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Romans 8 9 says, He that has not the Spirit of Christ is none of His. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you at the new birth. You're born of the Spirit. The Bible's Jesus said in John uh, 3, that unle- John 3, 5, unless you're born of the water and the Spirit, uh, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's talking about the new birth. So every believer, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, is born of the Spirit, has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. But that's different than what Jesus was talking about. He said to his disciples, I know you're born again. You know, the disciples got born again on the, on the uh, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost in John 20, verse 22. That was the new birth for the disciples after his resurrection. But he said, please do us both a favor. You need to receive power to be a witness. And so the Holy Ghost came and filled the believers. And that was baptism. It said the Holy Ghost came upon them. Luke 4.18, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. If you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus was born of God. He was born of the Holy Ghost. So what we see, hear me on this, what we see as the new birth experience when we get born again is what Jesus was from birth. He was born of God, right? So he wasn't a sinner and then got saved. When we get saved, 
we're at the same starting point as when Jesus was born. And that's why his life on earth is, our life should model his life on earth. When he got filled with the Holy Ghost after water baptism, that was what happened on the day of Pentecost. So there's, two, there's born of the Spirit and there's baptized into the Spirit. The Bible says in Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Upon me is very different than in me. Jesus was already born of the Holy Spirit, but he said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. That was fulfilling that prophecy, but it was, he only did miracles once he was filled with the Holy Ghost. So said all that to say, the anointing comes through the avenue of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If the cry of your heart is, Lord, I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Lord, I want to cast out devils. Lord, I want to have an anointing on my life. When I speak, the words that I say have weight to them. I want people to hear heaven in my voice. Well, the first thing is being baptized in the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Holy Ghost. The initial evidence of that is speaking in tongues, but the prolonged evidence is power from on high power to be a witness, power to live right, entrance into the things of God. The Bible says that when uh, in Acts 19, that when Paul laid hands on them, that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to pray in tongues and prophesy. It happened all at the same day. So the gateway to the supernatural comes through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you've, re- Smith Wigglesworth said, it's an insult to God to ask God for power once you've already been filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't need power. You need to act. You have power. You need to act. <laughs> That'll change people's theologies. Well, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, really, it comes down to, a, to stirring yourself up. There's, for many people, a river living on the inside of them. What is that river? It's a river of life. It's a river of anointing. That's a river. The difference between a well and a river is a river is for nations. A well is for you and maybe your family. I have a well here at my house. We don't have to thank, thank the Lord. We don't have to go out and like send a bucket down, but it's got a, you know, a pump and it just comes through the faucet like anything else, but it's a well. And so it's here for my home. My family gets water from that. I can water the garden. It's not a river, right? I, at the new birth experience, became a well, but at, at the being baptized in the Holy Ghost became a river. So the anointing you need is already on the inside of you, but if you see in Isaiah 12, 3, it says, with joy shall you draw forth water. Who's doing the drawing? You are. Many people have a, a river on the inside of it that they've never allowed to flow. They've put the switch to off. And so what you do, the way you access it, number one, if you're taking notes, number one is by, first of all, you're just your hunger, your desire to see God move. You know, God moves through desire. The Bible says, desire earnestly the best gifts. God moves through desire. If you don't want God to use you, he will not use you. If you don't want to prophesy, you will not prophesy. If you don't want to, if you don't want to uh, have gifts of healings and working of miracles, he will, not, he will not move through you if you don't desire. You have to get to the point where you say, God, I want you to use me. I don't care if it means I'm uncomfortable, Lord. I don't care what I look like. Lord, use me. Father, today, use me. And it begins to be the cry of your heart that you could have an impact while you're here on this earth. People who are happy to not share the gospel with anybody and just, oh, you know, as long as I can go to heaven. The Lord, there will never be a river of anointing flowing out of you. Why? Because the the river, the anointing comes for a purpose. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The anointing is there to destroy the works of the devil. The anointing is there to do good. And so if you're not minded to go do anything, there'll be no flow of the anointing. If there's no need for it to flow, why would it flow? 
You only turn on the faucet if you need water to come out. If you have no intention of giving anything away. You not winning souls. Oh, but I'll win souls when I feel more anointed. How do you know you'll be more anointed? What if I told you you're already anointed? Go act in faith to that. The Bible says in 1 John, like we talked about last time, 2.20 and 2.27, that you have an unction from the Holy One. Say this with me. Say, I'm already anointed. And so you begin to take the step of faith. Well, I'm too scared to tell people about Jesus. You should be too scared not to tell people about Jesus, that there's people that'll be in heaven because of you, but people who won't hear because of you. How about that? How about deciding that it doesn't matter what it costs you, that you're going to have eternal fruit in heaven? The anointing comes for a purpose, but it flows as you access it. So number one is having a heart, a desire for God to use you. If, if you're willing to say, Lord, use me, even if it means being uncomfortable, you'll see the anointing flow. The second thing is it takes consecration. It takes a life of holiness. The Bible says in Psalm 24, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place, but he that has clean hands and a pure heart who's not lifted up his soul unto vanity. God is looking for people who consecrate their lives to him. Now, I've made mistakes. I've sinned since I've been a Christian. You may find that hard to believe, but I've sinned. Uh, and, 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 but people who are quick to repent, when you say, God, I don't want to live in sin. Hebrews 4, verse 16 is such a key. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may receive grace to find or find mercy to f- and receive grace in time of need. So there's two things hand in hand. There's grace and mercy. Mercy, we've talked about it before on the podcast. Mercy is God not giving you the judgment that you deserve. Grace is God helping you not continue in sin. It's God's equipping on the inside. So he's saying, come boldly and receive both things. Come when you've sinned, come and receive mercy. So I, d- I don't want to have, I want to be able to pass off this judgment. Don't you think that God wants to have mercy on all of the world? Yes, the son is already paid for it. It's like the son going and buying, you know, 10,000 tickets to Disney World, but people are still lining up to pay for it, right? The price has already been paid. I want to get rid of these. This is one-time use only. You can't use the blood of Jesus beyond your life on this earth. There's no there's no do-overs. So God wants to have mercy. So you call out you call out for mercy and then you call out for grace for him to help you not continue in what you are continuing in. But the anointing comes, yes, to those who, 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 who serve God with their whole heart, live pure lives, but then those who draw it out. And this is where it, it comes through you pressing into the anointing. You press into the presence of God. You can choose to spend time with the presence of God. You can choose on a daily basis. I mean, you listen to this podcast almost every day or some of you every day. You listen to this podcast. You're spending time filling your heart with the word. But there's levels of dedication and let the Lord lead you. Because I'm not here to tell you if you're not praying 30 minutes a day, you're backslidden. If you're not doing this 30 minutes away, I'm not here to tell you that. But the Lord wants you to have a prayer time and the Lord will lead you and he'll put it on your heart. And when it comes from him, it's so much sweeter than here. Ryan's telling you, go do this, go do this. Let, Lord, what would you, if Lord, if you're setting my hours, I, Lord, I belong to you. These 24 hours are not mine to spend. What is? What should my day, daily routine look like? You set my daily routine. Lord, what time do you want me to wake up? What do you want me to do? Let him set it, and then it won't be burdensome. He'll give you a grace to do it. But the anointing is accessed because of a callings. God anoints people for certain callings, like he anointed kings, he anointed priests. But in the new covenant, everyone is anointed, but to draw it out. Every Christian's anointed to draw it out, to see it manifest. There has to be a desire and a commitment to move the kingdom of God forward, and then also uh, uh, to live pure, but then f- through, through your, your, your entering into the presence of God for yourself. The anointing 
and the the really the how much anointing you've drawn out will also will be directly related to your yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yielding is the master key. Yielding. I love you. That's it for today. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for joining us.